Hello and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. Unfortunately, this week I am by myself because Michelle is still in the UK. Now, I'm not saying that we forgot to record an intro for this episode, but I'm not saying that we did record one either. Figure it out. Anyway, um, this week we're joined by two special guests, which I'm very excited to get to and you will get to listen to them in just a moment. But before that, I want to encourage everyone to follow the unfinished journey and follow Michelle on her trip. She's been in the UK for a couple of weeks now. Um, She'll be back with me soon. (laughs) Um, I also want to encourage you to go to our website, betterwordspodcast.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter and you'll get a little bit of special info every week when we drop a new episode. So that's it. And now I'll get to the episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Today, we're welcoming a dynamic sister duo who have just launched an exciting and beautiful bookish beauty brand, Bottled Books. That was a lot of bees. (laughs) One sister is a blogger at Commas and Ampersands whose monthly photo challenges make our Instagram feeds extra gorgeous. Her equally talented sister spends her spare time not that she has that much, just casually starring in musicals and this year has played Alphaba in Wicked and Veronica in Heathers. Welcome to Better Words, Sarah and Emma Taviani. Hey! (laughs) Thanks for having us. You're most welcome. Thank you both for joining us. Yeah, and this is going to be the most interesting podcast because we have four people. I know, this is our first time with four people. (laughs) Well, I hope it works out well then. <laughs> we'll try and not to talk to over each other too much, hopefully. That's right. Me and Michelle do it all the time. So hopefully everyone who's listening can understand us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hopefully tell you guys apart because I've just realised you guys sound really similar. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what? I was just going to say yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, um, I just realised like me and Sarah – We've always been told, like, growing up on the phone, whenever one of us would answer the phone and it was a phone call for the other, like, one of our friends would start speaking and then we'd have to be like, no, 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 sorry, like, that's not me, the person you need is this, like, yeah, our voices are very similar, unfortunately. That happens with Uh, me and my sister as well. Even our family can't tell us apart over the phone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just for locations, like, obviously, Caitlin and I are in Rockhampton, so we're calling Sarah in Brisbane. Yep. yep, and then um, Emma <laughs> is in Sydney, so we're like Sydney, all over yeah. the country tonight. <laughs> I know, I know. Actually, what a special episode. <laughs> so the cool thing. Don't um, let us down, Telstra phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> so the cool thing um, about how we met. So I have been following you, Sarah, for a while on Instagram. Um, so I already like knew your feed and stuff and was doing some of your photo challenges and I was doing a photo challenge when I went to Sydney in March to see Adele, which is when, um, a bunch of us in the lady gang, which is another podcast that Caitlin and I love, love, de- love, love. <laughs> decided to have a little lady gang meetup of Sydney listeners and Emma yeah. was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. It was such a cool afternoon to meet everybody and. Um, I, I like back then I didn't realize that like that you knew Sarah and that was so weird I remember like talking to Sarah about it afterwards and she's like 
don't show my friends. (laughs) But that's the weirdest thing. Like we friend requested each other on Facebook after. And then I was like looking through, like scrolling through your profile as you do with someone that you just friend on Facebook. Just some casual stalking. And I I had like, I'm sure I had seen bottled books a little bit before and had probably followed it but then I saw a photo and I was like that looks so familiar and then I looked at your last name and I was like why does that sound so familiar and then I like went and looked up bottled books and then I like put all the links together and I think I messaged you that night and was like this is gonna sound really weird (laughs) but is your sister this blogger yeah yeah and then we had another even place at the end of the day when it comes to bloggers so it really is yeah Yeah. it was it was bound to happen and also musicals as it turns out because um you we also found out through facebook that we have a mutual friend one one of the girls that i started primary school with who moved to sydney yeah. yeah is um is your friend so this has been a really cool like way the internet brings people together yeah i know it's weird right um, so let's start with the business. Um, how did you come up with the idea for this bookish nail polish? Uh, should I take this one first? Or... Yeah, you take this one. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I was visiting up at home in Brisbane, um, and Sarah, I think at that, at that stage, Sarah hadn't been blogging for that long. She, she might've had about, I think we had just hit 10,000 followers. So it was just yeah. getting to the stage where she was like, hey, I think people like what I do. Um, <laughs> and um, and she was getting sent all... Just a couple of people. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. Yeah, um, only a handful. And she's it's getting right. sent all this, like, yeah, she was getting sent all this cool stuff, like the candles, which I know you guys have mentioned on your podcast before, yeah. like from Nook and Burrow and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, like... She, she was, we were looking at all these products, she goes, there are just so many, like, bookish products, you know, you can get tea, and you can get, like, candles, and, because I was saying to her, like, why don't you do something like that, and she goes, well, there's nothing left, like, everyone's doing soaps and candles and teas and, and pictures, and, you know, there's, I don't know what else to do, um, and I'm obsessed with nail polish, like, I'm, I completely, 100% addicted to nail polish, like, I have so many bottles at home, it's not fair, um, and I was painting my nails at the time while we were having this conversation and I was like, well, what about nail polish? And she's like, yeah, but I don't know anything about nail polish. And I was like, yeah, well, I do. So <laughs> there's, like, there's yeah, that. I've got it. Um, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's kind of where it started. And like, weirdly, that was in July last year, actually, cause I, it popped up in like my time hop thing. The other day, like, not the other day, like, a couple of weeks ago now, or it was, like, I that trip home, I remember, because on the, I, like, posted a photo, and I said, like, Sarah, we're going to make this thing happen, um, and, yeah, and so I did not believe you. Yeah, you didn't believe me, but I'm, like, <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah, whatever, okay. Yeah, I'm, like, a, an extremely persistent older sister, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we've made it happen, and here we are, like, over a, over a year later, um, and it's all happening, which is pretty exciting. That is so exciting. I just love yeah. that your story sounds exactly like I if I didn't know, that. like if you didn't, if I didn't know that you were sisters, I'd be like, huh, are you guys sisters? Like it's so <laughs> obvious to me because when we were yeah. actually starting this podcast and we like had the idea, 
we hadn't told anybody or whatever and we record like I think we were like planning and everything but we recorded our very first episode and I gave it to my yeah. sister to listen to because I was like if we sound like idiots and this is a bad idea like she she will tell us and after a couple of days I was like have you listened yet have you listened yet and she was like it was so funny it was so good and I don't like reading and I was like yep we've got something good here like (laughs) that's good enough for me so here we are that's good yeah yeah Uh, sisters way to come up with yeah sometimes things just fall into place and I think that's kind of what happened here and it's so exciting like um I mean obviously like Sarah gets to pick you know, the books and, and she, she works on the blurbs and she styles the photos and stuff like that. But like, you know, because I'm such a nerd when it comes to nail polish, it ends up being me that chooses, um, like a lot of the colors to begin with. I'm the one that puts forward the original colors and, and like, I'm the one that like goes through and checks quality consistency because I'm such a nerd. I'm like, I must have a polish that goes on my nails. It's nice and thick, so I don't have to put too many coats on. And yes. the has to be exactly this shape and the bottle has to look like this and, like, I'm incredibly anal retentive. That is so yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Which is, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And so, annoying. Yeah, our mother. <laughs> our so, mom, how do you pick... come on because we needed, like, we needed a tiebreaker at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you pick, um, like, the shades? Like, what was your first one? Like, how did you come up with it? What was the first one? I mean... Like, your first colour. Uh, what I was it inspired what, by? Um, Oh, I know, I know what the first one was now. We, so, basically we, um, for this first collection, it was kind of a matter of what books do we want to base them on first. Um, So, you know, for us, you know, we were gathering inspiration from Harry Potter. Yes. um, (laughs) Yes, There is a whole Harry Potter collection. Awesome. (laughs) So I think the first colour we settled on was our loyalty one I think that was the first one we fully decided on that was the the gold one that we've got and it's so beautiful and like we went through a couple of options with that because it was like okay well this one's too yellow and this one's too dark and this one's too light and we just found this beautiful gold color and it's actually like my favorite one in the whole of this first chapter we call it this first collection so oh that's so good um, oh my god why don't we call our episodes chapters why didn't we come up with that (laughs) damn it Okay, go. too late. Whatever. That's all right. <laughs> never too late. Yeah, never too late. The oh. Lady Gang was vampire once, remember? Yeah. Don't speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. can't say the name. Um, yeah, anyway, so that was that was the first colour we decided on. But I think, that, yeah, so the first the first chapter has been, was based more on the books we wanted to work with. But I don't know, like, personally for the next chapter, I think I've already got um, a few colours in mind specifically that... I know we'll match up with books that we're interested in kind of basing them on. But for me, like this next chapter is definitely going to be about colors that I want to be like really staple colors, you know, things that people I know will wear to work and wear on a a regular basis and, and, uh, you know, really um, classy. And, you know, so it'll be, it'll just be another, a whole other depth to, um, to what we're doing as well which is what i'm excited about anyway that's really good i was just about to say well yeah because you can't sometimes can't go too crazy with nail polish colors for work but yeah. as we speak i'm wearing yeah, exactly. silver nail polish which i yeah is maybe a touch you know it's, it's like metallic <laughs> silver and i've been wearing it all week at work so <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I have bright purple nails on at the moment, um, Ooh, and awesome. I've just come from work. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I talk about it being like, you know, classy, staple work colours, but like, at the end of the day, I'm still wearing bright purple to work, so yeah, okay. I don't think it exactly. really matters. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> was there much research involved in actually like setting up a business and, um, you know, the specifics of producing nail polish? I know, what is even in nail polish? Like, I have absolutely no idea. Speaking of what's in (laughs) nail polish, you guys are doing, like, cruelty-free and stuff, aren't you, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Do you want to go, Seth? You go. Yeah, it was – there was a lot of work. Like, I'm not going to lie, that was probably the biggest part of it. Like, we had this idea and Emma was like, I know about nail polish. And then we were like, cool, so we know about nail polish. But what do we know about actually, like – getting nail polish because mm. for a second there we were like do we hand make it do we because you can't hand make nail polish but it's like do we hand make it do we go to a supplier how do you get a supplier where are the suppliers can you ship it can you do this and it like that's really when we brought um our mum on board joe because she she's like an admin extraordinaire she will find things like you know those you just know, find those things that you didn't even like, knew existed yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's people who you'll friend someone on Facebook and they'll be like, give me two seconds and I'll find out their entire life story. She's like, <laughs> like half the people in the lady gang? Everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, you know that meme they have with like, I think it's like an Obama meme that I had on yeah, with the yes, FBI. Yes, the FBI. FBI that's our mum. I love that meme. That's so I've, good. I've made my mum, like, we will have gone to Brisbane by the time um, we air this podcast, I'm sure. But I, like, made my mum. I was like, oh, I'm going to Brisbane. Can you organise, like, all the accommodation for me? Because you know how to get cheap accommodation. And she's, like, organised <laughs> it all for us. Yeah. 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 Yeah, mum's pretty great that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mum's superpower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was so there's, there's a lot involved. I mean... Certainly for us, I think the biggest challenge was packaging. Like we had a very specific idea in mind as to how we wanted to package the nail polish. Um, and it's hard to go out there and try and find someone who will do exactly what you want and for a reasonable price as well. And, you know, it's it, it takes a while because there's so much back and forth. I mean, with the colours themselves, there was back and forth. It was like, okay, well they'd send us a sample and we'd be like, okay, well, these ones are too bright. These ones are too dark. These ones are too sparkly. These ones aren't sparkly enough. And so you just go back and forth. Like I have a whole box of, of tiny little nail polish samples at home that will never be, that will never see the light of day, you know, like that we'll never put into wow. the collection. But we had to try each and every one of them. And like every nail polish I sampled, I went through and I would put a base coat and two coats of it and a top coat on to see if I liked it, you know. And there were so many of them I had to try and had to give, a really good go to be like no this isn't like if I put two coats on it's still not thick enough and I don't want to have to put a third coat on and like you know so you go through all that with the supplier and and then it you know it took us a second to find a supplier too um like to begin with we contacted a woman who runs her nail polish company and she was helpful to a degree but um she definitely didn't give away like her secrets as to what supplier she used and stuff so we did we had to do a bit of our own digging or mum did really at the end of the day um and you know found a supplier that has been really helpful through the process and then yeah, yeah they've been really really good and and we're really happy with our bottles and with um the colors and everything and um and now finally with packaging um although yeah it did take a while to find them too so it's just like every every step of the way you get to a point where you're like oh my god we're almost done and then something happens and you're like shit well how do we how do we get like 
delivery happening? Like, you know, yeah. what couriers can we use? Because exactly. some couriers think that nail polish are like, nail polish is like, you know, um, a dangerous substance, you know, dangerous goods. So mm. you can't, which like, is it technically is. It technically yeah. is a dangerous substance, but you can but not in the quality. Yeah. yeah, not in the not in the quantity that we have it. Like, it's sure wow. if you have like three liters of this stuff, then yeah, it would be a dangerous liquid. But you know, in the tiny little nail polish bottles, it's not. So then you have to like negotiate with couriers and tell them like, no, they're little nail polish bottles. And anyway, oh so my it's god, a there's so process. many little things. Yeah, just tiny things that you just don't expect but I guess that's the same with starting any business you know like yeah 100%. all you can do is start and then you know even when you have a start date in mind it, it it'll never end up that way because there are just so many little hurdles you have to jump through so um it's exciting to finally be at the finish line really yeah oh my yeah. god yep exactly well we've had we've had so many things I mean it's starting this On podcast much smaller scale starting this podcast certainly yeah, seems a lot easier than starting a nail polish business but oh my god we are <laughs> not technical and we've had so many little tech problems in the beginning and we were yeah. like how is this even going to work like we had no idea <laughs> yeah we still you haven't know, figured it, gets, it out it gets <laughs> like, easier as you go along it's like you, you just get used to dealing with problems and dealing with them efficiently and like you get really bloody good at googling stuff oh my <laughs> god yes I feel like I'm so good at Googling things now. <laughs> yeah. You've become like master researcher. <laughs> um, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced with setting up the business? Um, or maybe the biggest challenge. Because mm, you kind of mentioned challenge. some of them. What do, you, what do you reckon, Sarah? I think it's definitely been the packaging because we've, yeah. we've kind of, um, we, at the start, we were like, you know, we really want to keep this, like, because the, the nail polish supplier that we found is Australian-based. And so we were like, how cool would it be if we could do everything based out of Australia? But we contacted so many people for the packaging, for the packaging mm. and they were just like, we cannot do that. We cannot yeah. make that. We cannot supply that. And then if they could supply it, they were like, look, man, it's going to be super expensive. And we had to kind of go overseas and be like, you know, how do we even start looking overseas? Like, what do we do? We don't even know where to start. And that, the packaging has definitely been, like, even just the sourcing of it and the, like, deciding what we want. Because we went through a few different iterations of, mm. okay, we kind of want it to look like this. And, but there were, like, three different ways that you could go about getting that end product. And it just came down to, you know, what's actually going to work. Um, yeah. So I think that's definitely taken the longest, especially with, like, communication with people overseas when they're in different time zones and everything like that mm. it's kind of like you know you're ready to do something and then they're just like oh no I'm asleep you're like oh, yeah. oh but I don't really need to do it right now so yeah <laughs> that's definitely been the biggest hurdle I think yeah, yeah. and yeah. can I add as well like just as a point of frustration it is really hard when you you do want to you do want to support Australian businesses and keep you know we wanted to keep our company Australian based but it's really hard when, like, Australian businesses don't really make it easy for startups, you know? Like, oh, they... I completely they, agree. Packaging, yeah, these packaging supplies were all like, oh, well, we can only do that if you're going to order it, you know, like, 5,000 to begin with. Yeah, and we're oh. like, um, well, obviously, we're not going to. Like, we're a startup, so that's not going to happen straight away. Like, we got, we're that's something we'd aim towards, but definitely not. And they're like, well, we don't want to borrow it then. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, then I guess if we ever do get to 5,000, we won't be ordering from you. Like, you know, so exactly. it does make it hard, you know, and a lot of a lot of Australian businesses complain about, like, 
people taking their business overseas. But, you know, this is sometimes it's like the unfortunate reality you have to deal with. If you made it easier Um, for us to come to you, maybe we wouldn't take our business overseas. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Here's a message to all you Australian businesses that are listening. Um, Just, like, think of the small guy, you know, because one day there'll be the big guy. And you you don't know that. There's no way of knowing, like, where a company is going to go. And if you... If you don't support, you know, small startups, then you know how how do you how are you ever going to end up with big business? At the end yeah. of the day, that like that that was one thing that like personally frustrated me the most in this whole process was dealing with these people who were just not, you know, just so petulant about about you know you know supplying in small quantities that I was like, okay, well, obviously we're never going to come back to you then. Like we'll just order overseas and we'll keep doing that. So, yeah. like, there was definitely times where we're sitting there going, like, we understand that we'll have to pay a little bit more because we're not ordering as much, but yeah. can you do that? And they're just like, no. Or they would just stop responding or they wouldn't be yeah. interested at all. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. hello, hello, can you yeah. help me? And they're just like, no. Yeah, we probably tried, but anyway. Ugh, that Here sucks. All right. So, all the frustration about the nail polish aside for the moment... Um, this is obviously bookish nail polish. So, what are some of your top reads? What can you recommend to us? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I mean, like, Classic. Uh, uh, aside, yeah. <laughs> so, Sarah, Sarah, and I grew up in the Pacific. Um, we didn't grow up in Australia, so we grew up in Papua New Guinea, Fiji, and the Solomon Islands. Um, oh, and there's not a lot of TV over there, so we have been reading for a very long time a lot of books and we're both very fast readers because of that because we didn't that's kind of all we had um as young kids um so I think it was like it was like CNN 16 hours a day and then Humphrey B. Bear at 8 o'clock at night (laughs) tapped out yeah exactly so it was kind of like I mean I think the first book that I was ever really passionate about obviously was Harry Potter which you know yeah. I think you guys are too since that was like the topic of your first podcast yes episode, right? yes it was um, <laughs> so yeah like that was I mean I, I read that one first and my dad brought that back from overseas from Australia and it had I didn't pick it up for months because I didn't like the cover I like <laughs> really you know, I was quite literally the person that judged the book by its cover and I was like I don't want to read that it looks boring in all fairness, the Philosopher's Stone cover was not attractive. I know, to a it was child. terrible. Yeah, I know. So, it looks like a boring um, book like about a school. Puzzle. Yeah, it's a really odd cover. But anyway, finally picked it up, loved it, passed it on to Sarah, who read it, and then, you know, the rest is history. Um, I think, well, personally, like, if I'm going to talk about book recommendations, the only books that I've read recently that, like, a series that got me full on hooked that I was like, oh, my God, so many times was um, the Red Rising series. Have you guys read that? Ooh, no, no, I've heard of it, though. I've, yeah. Oh, my Seen God, it. get yeah. on it. I've been I've been trying to bully Sarah into reading that series for so long. I'm like, woman, get off, get off your butt and get these books. Like, they're so I have a lot to get through. I, I know. know you do. I know yeah. you do. We feel but, that yeah, pain. Were, there are too really many good. books to read. It, like, hurts me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, these ones are like, but this is it. Like, I put these aside for a while too because a friend recommended them to me. Um, and I was like, cause I, I have a Kindle now because it's just easier to travel with than like all the books. Um, but I like, I just download, if a friend recommends a book to me, I download it onto my Kindle and just sit in my library. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go in and read it at another time when I've finished whatever book I'm reading. Um, so Red Rising sat in my Kindle library for a while. And when I finally went to read it, I was like, holy shit. 
good. You've got to read it. <laughs> gotta read it well that is a pretty raving review yeah. i have to admit yeah. i've been thinking i really need a, a new series yeah, i really no, want to read it. i don't really series. read series so Michelle's not that interesting no. yeah. but i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. try it because i trust you emma <laughs> yes yes trust me it's excellent <laughs> sarah what should we be reading oh i'm looking at my shelves right now because i'm sitting in my bedroom and i am just surrounded by books and i don't even know where to start honestly um (laughs) i think probably the book that's blown me away the most this year is the serpent king by jeff zentner and that was like you know how like some books make you cry and then this book I was reading, and it was, like, the ugliest crying I have done in I do not know how long. Oh, like, really? it was, there was snot coming out of me, and I was, like, my face <laughs> like, welled up. Since, like, since, like, Dobby died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's, like, Dobby when died. I cried, last ugly cried, I think. <laughs> yeah, this was, just, this was just horrible, and I was, like, reading it out in the lounge room, and people turned around and looked at me and were just, like, what it, like, had someone died and I was like yes and they're like someone very important they're like is it a fictional character and I was like yes (laughs) yeah I was just like that book just blew me away because I wasn't expecting it it's just a standalone book and that just absolutely blew me away but I think I think that's when that happens when you're not sure about a book in the beginning and then it's just incredible they're always the ones that I end up completely raving about Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely. think one that I'm waiting for at the moment, I'm waiting for Obsidia, which is the final installment in the Illuminate series, which is just absolutely stunning, and it's by um, two Australian authors, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. Oh, it's um, so amazing. I think it's so good that that series has done so well. I have read Illuminate. Yeah, I, I haven't read Gemini because sci-fi is so not my thing, but I did, I did enjoy Illuminate. I just... Not enough that I didn't devour Gemini right away, but I think I would yeah. like to finish reading that series at some point. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while as well. Like, even though I, like, I tore through Illuminate, and I was still, I was still like, I got Gemini in a subscription box from the YA Chronicles, and it still took me like two months to get to it because I was like, is it going to be as good? Like, oh, like, yeah. please, like, Lord help me, is this book going to be as good? Because I don't think I can handle it if it's not because they are massive books. So I was really like, I don't are. think I can yeah. handle it if it's not going to be as great as Illuminate was. And it actually, like, I liked it even better. So, Oh, yeah, well, that's I was, good. I haven't actually yeah, heard too much feedback about it, just, you know, like, gushing mostly. So I don't really know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Serious follow-ups no, are awesome. always tough. <laughs> well, they really like, are. Oh. Shout out to, um, I was just thinking what else I've read lately. Shout out to Handmaid's Tale. Great book. Yeah. It's now coming yeah. a, a CS series. It's like, watching recently so that's I've only um, been telling you to read that for like 10 years I know you have but I've been telling you to read Red Rising for like five years so I think we're eating (laughs) (laughs) um so Caitlin and I have never read The Handmaid's Tale but we are waiting I'm waiting for okay so we don't actually have a bookshop yet okay we might have a bookshop by the time this episode goes to air we are getting a bookshop in Rockhampton which is great but until then we have one in Yapoon which is still like afford it well thank god for online shopping (laughs) (laughs) and i just wait until i come to brisbane and then i buy like tons and tons of books but um we have a really cool cafe um bookshop 
called Chapter in Yipurim, which is still about a 40-minute drive away. But last time yeah. I was, when I was in there, it was the first time I went in. It's such an awesome place. And I bought some books and I was like, oh, do you have The Handmaid's Tale? And she's like, no, no, it's on order. So I'm waiting for that to be on order. And hopefully by the time this episode goes to air, I not only will have a copy, yeah. but I will have read it. That's a bit of a stretch, yeah. though, knowing how long books yeah. sit on my shelf. So. Yeah. Dare I say it though, dare I say it, because I am not usually an advocate for something like this. The TV show is better. Like, it's so Ooh. good. I, I can't, yeah, I, and I'm like, I'm usually the type of person that's like, this was not as good as the book. Mm, um, I but, like, they, I rarely they say that so about adaptations. Detail in it. Yeah, um, they put so much more detail in the, um, in the Hulu series, and it's like, so they've added stuff, they've added content that obviously Margaret would supply it and I think she's writing a second season as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so she's like fully expanded the story to accommodate the T V show and the actors are just like perfectly cast and do such a good job and I'm like I was just completely blown away by the show. Like it was so it was so accurate to the book, like it didn't miss a single thing that the book had mm-hmm. and it had more which is just so unusual for, you know, for TV show versus book. Um, but, yeah, I definitely recommend the show as well. Like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys listen to this podcast called The Guilty Feminist, but they always start with, I'm a feminist, but, and then they say something, and I want to say, I'm a feminist, but I really want to watch The Handmaid's Tale just because I love Elizabeth Moss in Mad Men <laughs> and not because it's, like, this amazing feminist text. <laughs> <laughs> Handmaid's Tale yet like we probably have by the time this episode goes to air mm-hmm. who knows but yeah. have you guys read uh, or heard of Louise O'Neill's Only Ever Yours because if no. you like The Handmaid's Tale you need to read Only Ever Yours like straight away okay. it's amazing oh. it's very much like The Handmaid's Tale it's set in this future where girls are engineered for boys they grow up in like this school dormitory thing um basically to be selected 
by boys yeah, and the ones similar. that aren't selected to become like the wives of the top yeah. guys um, become concubines and then there's other ones who become teachers at the school which is like the lowest rank um, and so wait, concubine as well teacher yeah oh my god yeah because it's still a sexual being yeah because you're still valued for your body wow. and I know it's, yeah. it's so I, creepy but it's you've amazing you've been telling me about this book for ages I just need to read it I, see <laughs> read I, the book I don't listen <laughs> Like, I'm going to download it like right now. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Put it, in, it's, put it in the queue. It's amazing. And I really need to read her second book, which is all about like rape culture and slut shaming and stuff. Yeah. So I know yeah. her books are really, really hard hitting, but she's the most amazing author. Mm. So she's. Yeah, you, you need that. Interspersed with a bit of fantasy and comedy and everything else. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, Sarah, your Instagram feed is like instagram goals um (laughs) how how do you get inspired um for bookstagram and do you have any it's very similar to a question i asked you on my blog but do you have any tips for people who are starting out and want to pretty up their feed a little bit i'm I'm patiently Um, listening (laughs) uh, help us get Um, ten thousand followers please inspiration I I started out and I think it's important to remember that like everything starts at the bottom and you can only go up from there because I started out and it was like you know taking photos of books in bad lighting and it was just like here's a book I'm reading and that was it like there was yes. really no thought oh that went into it yeah and then I think around the time like I hit a, yeah I think around the time I hit, like, a thousand followers, I was sitting there going, like, you know, enough people kind of like what I'm doing. Maybe I should put more effort into it. Um, And then I started, like, getting into all these different challenges and, like, monthly challenges where you post a photo a day based on a prompt. Um, And that really kind of kept me motivated because it was like, all right, I didn't... (laughs) I didn't do what normal people do where they like just pick one challenge and go with that. I would pick maybe like, I think at one point it was like 22 challenges because there's a lot of them out there. And I just like lined them up all side by side and like picked my fate, like went along the rows for each day and just picked my favorite prompts and saw how they could fit together and then was like, all right, cool. So I'm going to participate in all these challenges. Caitlin thinks I'm crazy just for doing yours and one other. (laughs) Not not crazy, but... I mean, 22 is a bloody lot, but, like, when I first started my books, like, I was just Bookstagram um, at the start of last year before I actually started my blog and six months into that podcast, but anyway, um, I was doing heaps of challenges, and honestly, I would probably be a bit better at it now, but back then, I, it made it worse. Like, it made my photos worse because I was, like, rushing to take a photo for the day. I didn't prepare. I wasn't into. I wasn't into it enough. I wasn't preparing. So yeah. Yeah, I. I think like the thing that happened with me was that I was working full time and I was kind of like I was working over the other side of town, so I had to leave early in the morning. And I, by the time I got back, it would usually be dark. So that meant that whatever I was doing, whatever I was taking photos of, I had to basically get if I wanted to have a photo, at least one photo a day. Then I needed to take them all. The weekend before so yeah. i basically um I, we both take most take most of our blog photos on the weekends as well 
I use a yeah, lighting kit though because my house sucks. For oh lighting. my god, Michelle's house is so dark. You have no idea. <laughs> I need to, I need to get a lighting kit actually because there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, the light's just gone and I've just set up this freaking photo. Mm, um, yeah. So I definitely need to get a lighting kit. But then it was just like it's just a matter of talking to people. Like I think so many people they kind of post their photos and they expect everyone to come to them and then they're kind of like, why don't I have any followers? And it's like, well, you're putting it out to, out into a void. There's literally millions of people posting at the moment. So yeah. you kind of have to, you have to find your group. Yeah, you yeah, have to interact with yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't do that, I think you're just kind of almost setting yourself up for failure because it's, it'd be like me just standing in the street and being like, like me, like me. And everyone's like, Social media Why? in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, like, and from, from, an, from an outside perspective as well, like, not that I'm a book blogger, but watching Sarah and watching what she does, like, first of all, she is, like, one of the most organized people I know. Like, every time I go home to Brisbane, there's, there's another um, photo set up ready to happen, and she's already editing something from the week before, and, like, everything's scheduled to within an inch of its life, you know, so there's hang that. On, hang on a minute. Sarah, and didn't you say Emma was the anal retentive one before? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, she criticizes me, but she knows how bad she is. Um, <laughs> look, everyone's so, like, family, I'm not going to lie. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so there's that. And then there's also the fact that, like, she's so engaged with the people that follow her. Like, and at the end of the day, I think that's, like, the most important thing to, the, to remember with social media. It's not, it's not, you can't you can't think of it as like your following. You have to think of it as your community. Really, it's like these people that want to interact with you. That they want to know who you are. So you have to give them like not only beautiful photos, but an impression of who you are as a person because they want to know that who they're following is someone that's likable. You know. Oh, so exactly. That, I mean, the interaction I, I with everyone else is the best bit. Yeah, and I think especially with books because it comes down to personal tastes as well. So. If you like the person you're following, the book blogger that you're following, then you've you've got to assume that you probably like what they're reading as well. Mm. So mm. that's I think that's you know like that's a pretty important thing. Just just as an outside observer <laughs> on the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Um, so fun fact about our podcast, it was actually Emma who helped us come up with the name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is a story that we will share in another podcast sometime. That's that's the tale for another time. But it is musical related. Um, that's your yeah. hint. Yeah, figure it out. Figure it out yourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Emma, let's talk about your incredible talent on stage. And I know it's incredible because I've seen some little snippets of videos, and you literally give me goosebumps as I like text and tell you. I'm like, oh my goodness! Like you're incredible. How did you get into performing? Um, well, I think, again, it sort of started because we, we grew up overseas and um, I got into music when I was in Fiji, like started singing a lot and playing piano when I was probably about seven over there. Um, both like my parents, a lot. Yeah, and um, both of our parents met doing musicals up in um, in North Queensland in Townsville. So, oh, um, cool. Musical love stories yeah. are the best. They're so good. Yeah, I know, a little bit. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of cute. So, like, I grew up, we grew up with, you know, Pirates of Penzance on video and, like, Little Shop of Horrors on video. And um, I used to watch, yeah, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, like, <laughs> all the videos, like, the, just the nerdiest video collection from my, our two, like, theatre nerd parents. Um, and, that's amazing. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's going to be yeah. Caitlin's kids. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, 
they both ended up working in finance, but somehow, like, they met during theatre. So, um, <laughs> they, yeah, so they, they kind of educated us in that way. And, like, growing up, I always thought it was, like, completely naff. I was like, oh, my God, music theatre, so lame. I don't want to borrow that. Like, um, and so I went through school and through high school and even through uni, like, um, through most of high school, I did a lot of rock and pop. Um, and then I ended up studying studying jazz at university. But it wasn't until like, my very last year of high school that my mum literally locked me in the car and was like, you've got to listen to this soundtrack. And I was like, what is it? She's like, it's a new musical. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. It's already lame. Don't show it to me. And she's like, I've already locked the doors. You have to sit here. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and she played Defying Gravity from Wicked, which was oh. a brand new musical at the time. Um, and I was like, and I was sitting there like the most petulant child you can imagine I was just like teenager like annoyed crossed my arms like oh my god I just want to get out of this bloody car like, I do not I'm not um, gonna like this song I'm gonna hate it yeah exactly <laughs> I, I was like I don't want to like this but how can you not like Defying Gravity mm, <laughs> like, there's no incredible. way so it finished and I was like can you please play it that again <laughs> um and and then from then onwards it was like I I loved that show and it made me want to listen to a lot a lot of um, modern musicals as well, and I got into those. So, majority that of the soundtrack was in our car for so long. Oh, <laughs> like the same. thing got worn out. Yeah, it really <laughs> it's so did. good. Um, I want to ask so, yeah, actually, because um, I know that yeah, because um, I know that you played Alphaba earlier this year. So yeah. apart from like Defying Gravity, what was your favorite song or scene to perform? Um, The Wizard and Eyes. Like I love that one. Favorite. You know the weirdest thing yeah. is that I interviewed the person who played our Alpha Bar in Rockhampton yeah. and she said exactly the same thing. The Wizard and yeah, I was her favourite. It's such a good I song. I think it's probably the, like, okay, so Defying Gravity is one thing. <laughs> um, it's a whole other thing when you're doing it and, like, <laughs> it's the most stressful song in the show. Cause <laughs> oh, you're my like, God, I've got to yeah. back here. I've got to get in the bloody, the, the cherry picket lift. I've got to get, like, my seat buckled in and I've got to get the, the hat set on my head and hold my broom and then it's going to go up in the air and then I've got to keep singing. Like, there's there's so many things happening in that scene that sometimes you're just, like, you get to the end of it and you're like, thank God I survived that again. Like, <laughs> it's it, like it's such a good song when you're listening to it yeah. and watching it. But, like, doing it... But everything it else actually so performing it? Yeah. Stressful. Yeah, but The Wizard and I, it's just, like, first of all, it's your introduction to Elphaba. So you, you get a feel for her and who she is as a person and like her dreams and her fears and stuff like that. So it's personal on that level because I think so many young girls can relate to that, to a lot of the stuff she sings about, about not feeling like she fits in and about wanting to do things with her life and, and to be noticed and stuff. So that's so relatable. I think it, it hits home with a lot of people. It certainly does with me. And um, so there's that and then there's the fact that the music just soars and, and it's just you on a stage, you know, mm. like, it's just it's just you pouring out your heart and soul and there's nothing else really to it. There's no special effects, there's no flying, there's I mean there's pretty lighting, but you know, like aside from that it's just you singing your heart out a bit about being a girl who wants to do something with her life and I think such you know, a you know, song. there's, there's no better message for young feminists out there really. So. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I have yeah. to say, um, when when we did Wicked up here earlier this year, I was actually on the crew. And um, so I was one of the, the domes, like the follow spots. And oh, yeah. oh, having a spot on, you know, Alpha Buglinda 
Fiero, like the yeah. wizard, all at once. Oh, it was a freaking nightmare for me. But it was still amazing to watch the show <laughs> at the same time. But oh, my yeah, favourite scene yeah. was the um, uh, the cat fight, as we referred to it. Like oh, after, yeah. yeah, it's um, always good. After Nessa has died. Oh, my God. Yeah. Our, our yeah. two, I mean, I don't know what you guys would have done with it, but our two up here just were like, it was the funniest scene and they really went for it and it was so good. Yeah. yeah. We um we properly that was something that we agreed, me and Misha who played Glinda in our production, we um agreed like we wanted it to be like a proper cat fight, like two girls really getting pissed off each other. So we did hit each other, we did slap each other across the face, like there was no stage slapping. It was like Oh, we I'm impressed. Al Fierro yeah. stood side stage and clapped. <laughs> Oh, we God. weren't allowed yeah, no, to do no, proper was... stage slaps. Yeah, I mean, I'll, it's kind of, it has to be at the discretion of the actors at the end of the yeah. day. You have to run it by the director as well, and it, it has to just be something everyone agrees on, because, you know, you do have to be careful, and you have yeah. to practice it. There was, there was a whole portion of rehearsal was dedicated to us slapping each other correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can just imagine, because it's like, you have to hit each other on the right part of the cheek so that it's like resonant but it doesn't like knack you in the jaw you know yeah so exactly there's, there's that whole process as well it's very technical we wanted it to be real yeah because it's, it's a moment where you want people to be like oh, oh my god yeah. you know like so um yeah that was actually really fun i enjoyed that part. it was just so funny the scene is so funny like um my favorite bit actually our glinda her name was emma um and yeah. she would you know, it would be like, oh, well, a lot of things are taking... Oh, hang on. A lot of people are taking things that don't belong to us now, aren't we? And she did this huge click and would be like, mm-hmm. It was just so <laughs> yeah. funny. It's such a funny yeah. scene. I love that one. It was you really get, good. like, we had, we had, um, we had, like, Friday matinee for, for school kids. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that moment, you just get this whole, like, she says the whole, like, aren't we? And the, the whole theatre just erupted and, like, these kids being like... Ooh. Yeah. Like, was, Ooh, That's so good. And then, like having having an audience of teenagers is ridiculous. Like you get, you know, of course, you have like you do as long as you're mine, and and you know, me and Dan kiss, and then there's like screaming from the audience, and people like wolf whistling, and like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh god. So, so yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, we'll, we'll probably Ooh, end up cutting a lot of that wait, conversation I've, out. I've got one more little <laughs> question, technical. which either of, either of you can answer. What book would you pick to be made into a movie, uh, into a musical next? What book into would you want to see as a musical? Oh, I don't even know. I just thought it'd be cool to ask. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so hard to know. Um... I'm trying to think of one. Because, like, if if anyone yeah. doesn't know, Wicked is based on a book. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, yeah. some people might yeah. not know that, Caitlin. They might no. not be theatre nerds. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, duh, of course. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard, though, because, like, even Wicked, like, when you read the book, it's so political and so full on that you just yeah. wouldn't expect itself. You wouldn't expect it to lend itself to, to a, musical. a musical. It's quite um, different so to the show, yeah. Yeah, mm. it, it's so hard to to know what would end up being you know like obviously all Disney things love themselves to musicals but like I don't know what would book wise like what I could imagine do you know what I reckon (laughs) I reckon um 
no, well, I guess this is more of a film script than it is a book, really, at the end of the day. But, like, I reckon Fantastic Beasts would make an incredible musical. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. it totally would. <laughs> because yeah. when you think about, like, the stuff that they've done with the Lion King in terms of animal costumes and stuff, think of the things they could do on stage with the, with the animals in that, and then, like, there's so many great characters. Like, I can imagine Queenie having a very Chicago-esque song. Yes, and, like Roxy. You know, like That'd she, be awesome. Yeah, because she's very much a Roxy character. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you oh, know, I think that's... Newt would have, like, the cutest song, like, going around his suitcase with all the animals. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, someone needs to do this. great musical. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so good. I think one that's, that I... That's my... I think one that I've read recently, which... I. It'll be released by the time this goes out, but Take Three Girl, um, <gasps> yes. which is a new um, Australian YA book, I think that would actually make a really cool modern musical. Yeah. Um, What's that? Um, it's called Take Three Girls, and it's by three different authors, and it's far away on the bookshelf, and I can't read their names. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's um, Fiona Wood, Kath Crowley, and Simone Howell only because Simone I love Howell, them yeah. oh, individually. Yeah. No, you've told me about this before. Yeah, yeah. I love them individually, yeah. and I've been waiting for this book since yeah, like, for it's three so years. So good, like it's there's a lot of like talk about slut shaming and a lot of like social media and things like that. So you kind of get these social media posts, and it's this whole like online bullying thing. But the three um, the three main characters perspective it's told through they just have such unique voices like mm. it's it's actually incredible like they're just so individual and yeah. I think even one of my favorite things about the book is that um there's kind of like there's crossover scenes obviously because they're in the same place at different um at the same time for different things but um everyone kind of remembers something a little bit differently yeah, mm. and I think I think that's a really interesting thing that you could definitely explore. Like, maybe I'm kind of, I'm kind of imagining it almost as a little bit of like a Heather's Mean Girls um, yeah. kind of thing, like very mo- very modern music. But there's also some like I can just imagine like some of the really interesting things that you could do with the staging to kind of bring yeah. that out. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah, it's just a fantastic book. So I definitely recommend that one. And that's what that's what makes it at the end of the day, I think. Like any musical, like you need to have such excellent and distinct characters. Yeah. Um and that's I, what and makes I the so best I think shows. any yeah, so I think any book that has really you know, distinct characters in it would work well on stage really. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yay. Okay. Well Caitlin has like a little game of would you rather for each. We have <laughs> okay. we have specific questions. Go yeah. So awesome. we usually do just one question, but obviously we're interviewing both of you today, so we've got two questions. Okay. Okay. Cool. So the first one is the bookish one. So you can both answer. So would you rather never be able to post a picture related to a challenge or a book tag ever again, or only ever take the prompts literally, like really, like literally. So, so like if you have a prompt that says wall, you literally have to be like a wall, yep. not a wall of books, just like a wall. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I love literal prompts. I could do literal prompts. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think the literal prompts could actually be incredibly funny if you yeah. had a good sense of humor for them. I don't think. <laughs> I think yeah. there's a lot of people who would just be like, here is a wall, but there's, there's still a lot of things that you can do with a wall to make it yeah. interesting that's true i was like I, I actually went to i have a 
a friend who had a Titanic themed twenty first birthday party like years ago, <laughs> and she awesome. was like, "Come, come, there's something from the Titanic." So I came as the bit of the Titanic with the door that she floats on. Ah! So, like, I'm quite into literal. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, we've that is amazing. Done, we've both done very literal costumes. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah, we went to the Harry Potter premiere. I, I went as a snitch. Sarah went as the Marauder's Map. And then the next year, I went as actual Hogwarts. Like, I went as Hogwarts to the premiere. <laughs> How do you of, go as Hogwarts? Um, and, Sarah, I know you've you've done a Mandrake thing before. Yeah, yeah. For the Fantastic Beasts premiere, I I was so sick for that. Like I had I'd been off work that day, and I was like, I don't know if I can make it. But I think one of the great things about dressing up as a mandrake and like actually being inside this massive pot that you've painted um, is that you can look as ugly as you want or need to, <laughs> and it still works for the costume. Yeah, we were taking these photos and I went with my brother's girlfriend, April, and she was, like, dressed as a Hogwarts student and she, I had, like, put my hair up in this really big, like, fountain ponytail so it looked like roots and she would just, like, grab my hair as if she was pulling me out of a pot. That is so um, cool. And we were, we were kind of standing there for the official photos and the photographer's like, um, okay, so I'm going to take three photos and I pulled this, like, disgusting face, like, screaming like a mandrake. And she's like, okay, so... Um, gonna take the second photo now and I pulled like a similar but even more disgusting face and he's like um gonna take the third photo (laughs) did you want to do anything different and I was like yes absolutely and so I pulled like I had maybe 15 chins going on and was like (laughs) screeching and my arms were out in these odd positions and after it was finished he's just like that was Odd. That's awesome. That was odd. <laughs> I do like, I do that to people if I'm taking a photo yeah. for work and they're not smiling and I'm like, okay, and I'm like doing the cheesiest grin. I'm like, I, I'm gonna take the photo. <laughs> or like if they're if the photographer's taking the photo, I'm like behind, like smiling, like, what are you doing? It's a happy story. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Okay, so my second would you rather question. Would you rather never be able to recreationally listen to a musical soundtrack ever again or only be able to listen to soundtracks of shows that you've been in? No other music, just soundtracks of shows that you've been in. Oh, um, I think I, I would have would... to go with never been able to listen to them recreationally again. Mm, <laughs> but that'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it would be hard. Um, yeah, I well, guess I think, so. I think I think I might have to go with that too because most of the shows I've been in are the shows I love the most. Like I'm so picky with the shows I do, mm. um, and they end they end up being shows that that I really really love and I'm really into. So I, I would I would die if I could never listen to half the soundtracks of the shows I've done again. So I'd have to go with that one. Yeah, it's really hard mm. to choose. <laughs> If yeah, I if I restricted myself to only listen to the soundtracks of shows I'd been in, at least I'd get the Legally Blonde soundtrack, so that's pretty cool. I like that yes, one. Yes, this is true. That yeah. is a good soundtrack. That yeah. leaves me just with anything going on. But I've done that it. show, so <laughs> I went out. <laughs> <laughs> but also, well, Caitlin's been in like... That is that you can just grab as many musicals and be like, I'm going to be in this musical now, and then... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then, I get to, then I get to listen to it recreationally again. Yes, <laughs> exactly. 
Excellent. Thank you for listening to Better Words. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Stitcher, Overcast, CastBox, wherever you are listening. Please also follow us on social media at Better Words Pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can also check out our website, betterwordspodcast.com and remember to sign up for that little newsletter I told you about at the beginning of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Bye.